0: So from The Gift by Hafiz, Dropping Keys, the small man builds cages for everyone, he knows while the sage, who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful rowdy prisoners. Good one. I like that Hafiz guy. <laughs> just as a reminder for some of you, or if you're newer to ILM, there are a few books we have up here that will we'll share quotes like Jim just read. Um, not Not only do they serve, obviously, as an inspiration or maybe deeper contemplation, but the specific authors of the books we share are ones who have in the past taught this pathway of sun and light that we're teaching here today in Interlight Ministries. This isn't a new thing we're doing. It's been around for eternity, literally, no joke. And so there's many teachers through the ages that have taught this. And so we'll often uh, read from those books or recommend them as a way just to kind of tap into that unfolding living, loving presence as it has existed through the ages. Poetry is one way it's been expressed in a, in a big way. So one of the things I wanted to talk about today that showed up right away um, as we moved into meditation was vulnerability. <coughs> Ooh, vulnerability. What a wonderful word, right? So one of the things that I've always, in a sense, come aware of is this word vulnerability often we associate maybe with more of a frightening or fearful state where we begin to find ourselves in a place of shakiness, of uncertainty, of things maybe unfolding in our lives. And even as we moved in the meditation I could feel kind of a shakiness inside of me. And that shakiness I've come to discover over life is often those things that I've in a sense held to or believed into. That have been a part of my life, maybe for a while, and so it can feel like more sure footing. And then all of a sudden, when it begins to change, all of a sudden we find ourselves on shaky ground. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and often, how does that show up? Quite often in the emotions, right? Sure, maybe around physical change, maybe the beginning of it, but it's often that shaking that stirs those emotions within us. And often is, even just because we've been living a certain way for so long, it's really become not only a habit, but something within us that we've come to believe as a way of life. And so when that way of life or habit is shaken, it can often get us to question or even doubt what we may even thought has been more of even a spiritual footing. I'm saying it could be anything in life. But often as we are focused on spirit, even taking certain spiritual teachings or principles and begin to live into them, that we may have life experience that begins to shake that. So we may even question the foundation of our spiritual footing or spiritual experience. But always keep in mind that spirit is eternal. Spirit is never ending. Spirit is the thing that is always present, always is, always will be. Now, once we have that level of permanence and all-inclusiveness, because Spirit includes everything, nothing is excluded from Spirit. But when we begin to experience or look at the realms of mind, emotion, and body, well, there's where the instability is. There's where the shakiness takes place. Because nothing in this realm of time and space, which is what mind, emotions, and body are part of, is permanent. That is always in a constant state of change. So it's always going to be shaking or moving. It's just that sometimes it moves in such a gradual way that we may mistake it as something solid or more permanent. Something we've based our existence on. So when that foundation begins to crumble, we begin to find ourselves in this experience of a, a falling or a falling out. And so in that, it begins to stir the fears, the doubt, the creates confusion. We begin to really wonder, not only about our own life experience, but even about God. How could God do this to me? How can life be so cruel? Why do these things happen? But this is all a learning experience for the soul because one of the blessings in that which can be shaken will be shaken is that eventually we come to know that the illusion that time and space is based upon is false because of that shaking. But usually it takes place after shaking, after shaking, after shaking, after shaking, shaking, Right. Not just once. We think, okay, that was an experience. I made it through. I've got a new foundation. Life is good, right? Months, years go by. Maybe most of your life goes by. And then all of a sudden, something once again takes place to shake even that new foundation upon which you've been basing your life. And so here comes the upheaval once again. Once again. We're shaken. Often we say to the core Ooh, shaken to the core. What is that core that we are being shaken to? Now that's a good question. And that is worth pondering, focusing on, discovering, and coming to know what is that core in that direction to go. Because as you move in that direction towards that core, is where we begin to find that greater solidness of life eternal. And that's really what this journey is about, is eventually coming to that core of life itself, upon which all, even this illusion, is based upon. This is just a big divine play, masquerading as real when it's not. But when this reality of illusion is shaken, it does begin to fall away so that that core is revealed, that we begin to discover and see the greater truth behind the illusion, behind the masquerade or the max that we find ourselves often living and believing to be true. But in that shaking there's this letting go. And that letting go is often what I associate with the word vulnerability. That I find when I'm shaken and finding these illusions dropping away that I may have believed into is real, that I find myself in this place of vulnerability. That often, yes, it can feel fearful, but at the same time, if you begin to move beyond the fear, Don't you begin to discover a softness or a gentleness or a place of freedom? Because now you're not able to hang on to the very thing you were hanging on to that seemed to create that stability. That's what I find. That I don't have this thing to hang on to anymore, so I find myself now in this place of freedom. Even if it feels wavering, There's a freedom there, though. Yeah, it feels unstable, but I find if I can go with that and begin to let go, in a sense, allow myself to just fall into it, to drop into it, ooh, that's another big stretch. Well, that's another part of the vulnerability. What do they call it? The leap of faith? The trust walk? How do you learn to fly unless you jump? But often we're too scared to jump, to take that leap of faith. So guess what? The blessing of Spirit will shake the very foundations upon which we've been walking. Because when it is time for us to learn how to fly, nothing's going to stop that. Unfortunately, we often view that as a negative or something terrible's happening. Again, as I said earlier, why is God doing this to me? It seems so cruel or mean. But if we could see that blessing, that's not even hidden. It may seem hidden to us, but it's out in the open. The blessings are always out in the open. We just often fail to recognize those blessings, that as those foundations are shaken, that it is giving us the opportunity to really learn how to fly that maybe this is God through God's grace and loving, stripping away, assisting us to get free of all those attachments that would keep us encumbered and bound to this physical, material world. And this is often what takes place if we have chosen that greater action of loving, that greater path of spirit, that even if we don't consciously ask or choose for these illusions to be stripped away, that they will be anyway as an action of grace. Because truly, if God, if loving, if freedom is our first choice, that's our intention, our focus, our goal, then God is truly going to assist us to get that which we are focusing upon. But it's up to us to awaken, to really know the greater truth that is going on. And it always brings us back to meditation, doesn't it? Because guess what? There is no other way, at least that I know of, to rise above the mind. Because the mind has its beliefs and it'll portray upon this world and that's how we'll perceive things. But unfortunately, the mind is one that is living under an illusion of the falseness. I like to call it dim-witted because it's living in darkness. But the soul is always living in light. And with light, there's awareness. There's knowing. So in order to live in that light of the soul, we need to rise above the mind and the illusions. To rise above it all. To go within, not into the mind, not into the body even. We're not going into the body even when we say, focus at the seat of the soul above the eyebrows. We're giving a physical reference point. But what we're doing is going into the soul, the spirit of who we are. And as we move into that is how we begin to rise above all the illusions that the mind would portray. So it's a path of awakening, of knowing. But it does take time to shake free all those things that have become attached to the core. But as those things are released, we do come to know that core more fully, the greater truth of who we are as the divine. And then some of us, as we begin to discover how that works, What do we often do? Don't we often say, okay, Lord, strip me clean, purify me, get rid of all the stuff, right? Get me free of the junk, the attachments, the illusions, the darkness. Let me live the greater freedom of loving and spirit and light and sound. That's great. You'll get what you ask for. (laughs) We just often don't like how it unfolds because when the shaking takes place, we begin to question it. So we're back and forth, back and forth, up and down. But if we can begin to realize that that back and forth, up and down, light and dark is all part of this journey, and realizing we're simply doing nothing more than learning through all of our experiences that truly there's not negative, bad, and evil, it is simply a journey of experience through this realm of illusion we call time and space. And eventually, as we're nearing the end of that journey, well, all those illusions we had to buy into to experience also now have to be released. So we no longer live the experience of the illusion. And we begin now to choose into and live more that greater truth of the divine, that divine light and love of spirit. So these events in life, that will shake us to the core. What do those often look like? Well, let me just name a few. Death? Death of what? Death of the physical body? Death of a job? A career? Death of anything that we've been experiencing in life? It always comes down to that. It can apply to anything. Aren't we often shaken when somebody close to us has died or is in the process maybe of dying? Or maybe we know there's a job or a career we've been living and have been so attached to that it's coming to an end? Or maybe where we've lived and all of a sudden now we're moving to some place new or even a pet? we become so attached to. Now we're having to let go of. It's all these types of things and many, many more that will begin to cause that shaking. But in that shaking, we'll often go into reaction. And sometimes we'll hold on tighter, trying to keep that. We've got a little chirping bird here in the back. Is it something with the C D back there? That's a new one. Well I'm gonna keep talk I'm gonna keep talking anyway. What's that? Maybe I got no I got full. Maybe it's something inside. Could be. Maybe we have crickets up here in the <laughs> So often, so I'm going to go ahead and keep talking, but often when we have that shaking, we'll often go into reaction and find ourselves trying to, in a sense, bear down or hang on tighter because we're fearful of losing that which we have, not even realizing that maybe if we loosen our grip and let go, that not only, all right, thanks, guys, not only, does that shakiness let go and begin to go away? But all of a sudden, we begin to find the greater freedom on the other side of which was causing the shaking. But there's this process, often I like to call vulnerability, that we go through. Vulnerability to me is also a process of being open in a place of non-attachment so that we can allow life to unfold as it is without trying to change it or trying to, in a sense, control it or making it wrong or judging it other than just the way it is. Realizing, even if we don't know the reason or purpose, that maybe ultimately there could be a greater divine purpose behind it all, the good and the bad, that which we would call bad. But as I said earlier, there's blessings in everything, even though we may not recognize it. But eventually we can, if we choose, to begin to look from that greater perspective of loving, of spirit. But to get there is the journey, is that process of learning, of letting go of digging in our heels, getting more attached, because maybe that's part of the learning. Because often we may have to dig in and hold on even tighter for us to begin to realize that we can't control what is taking place. And that as we dig in our heels and hold on tighter, that maybe all we're doing is making it worse, mostly for ourselves, but maybe even for those around us or the unfolding situation or circumstance. And maybe if we could just let go, it would be easier on everybody. No matter what it is, that's unfolding. And as we let go, beginning to discover more of that deeper core and live from that place, because in that place is a greater unconditional loving for all of life in the unfolding journey of life itself. Wouldn't that be nice to live from there? Because in that place is where we begin to see the greater blessings within ourselves, but also where we begin to awaken to the greater divine purpose in this journey of life itself, in all expression, in all of experience. So even if you're on a spiritual pathway don't expect yourself to be perfect and like, oh yeah, I'm unconditional, I'm non judgmental, I'm not attached, I'm loving, accepting, and forgiving. Well, that may be the goal or the focus, but do understand that all these things are going to come about that is going to give us the opportunity to practice and to move into that unconditional state of loving, of detachment. These are all the opportunities. I never find myself to this day 100% living in neutrality. I just know the more I practice it, with every opportunity that shows up, the more I get to experience that greater freedom and joy and the greater knowing of the divine every step of the way. But often in that, we'll find ourselves beating ourselves up, judging ourselves. The funny thing is, when we can move into acceptance and just accept, okay, this is where I'm at, this is what I'm going through, this is what I'm experiencing. Well, guess what? When we move into a state of acceptance, even of those not-so-nice experiences we're having? Guess what that acceptance is? Freedom. You are letting it be okay what the experience is in the moment. Letting it be okay. Oh, isn't that letting go, letting God? That's right. That's what acceptance is. So you mean I can even be living in a state of freedom even when I'm in not... Feeling so great? Yes, Yes, I am saying that. Because when you give yourself the freedom through acceptance, that state of not feeling so great, all of a sudden there's no more attachment, holding it down, creating that experience in yourself that you've given yourself the freedom now so that that movement can just continue to flow and so you can move into greater experience. What's next? It's when we bear down, that we hold the experience to ourselves, and that creates more pain. That creates greater disturbance. That creates and feeds the reaction we may be in. That's why you hear us talk about loving, accepting, and forgiving, LAF. Acceptance is a great key of that letting go to move into that state of freedom and neutrality. But you'll discover these things just by living your life, not because you're hearing me talk about it, but just by living life. But you will awaken more consciously if you're on a conscious pursuit of awakening and coming to know how to work with this divine process to awaken through both the principles of loving, accepting, and forgiving, and the action of meditation. They work hand in hand. In truth, the meditation will lift us above it, but as it does, it brings that light of awareness so we can begin to see loving, acceptance, and forgiveness being expressed in us and through us into the world around us. Because we have to move into that place of laughing, L-A-F, within, in order to allow it to move in and through us. I always like to say over and over, you get what you focus on. That's why I often say, don't focus on the karma, don't focus on the disturbance, because all you're going to do is keep it going and going. Even if your intention is to get rid of it, to clear it, to release all these elements that we... Are judging ourselves as being in bondage to in the world, but if you are going to have that focus, bring the loving to it. But how are you going to bring the loving to it, unless you focus into the loving? Makes sense. It's a little hard to be loving when you're just focused into the negative or the disturbance, or the reaction. Or the holding on to. Think about it, that holding on. So, what does it take to let go, to consciously choose into moving into a state of vulnerability or openness, so that we can allow this greater loving to move in us and through us, to bring us into the greater knowing and this (coughs) neutrality? Well, that's the practice we're teaching here. That's the walk. That's the journey. Those are the principles or actions that we begin to learn and begin to apply in our lives. On one level God does it for us, but on another level we do it for ourselves. Or oh, is it to, to the two together? That's right. You know those phrases like, God helps those who help themselves? We have our part to do. God has God's part to do. And it's finding how that works. Sometimes we'll say, God, why are you doing this to me? So we'll play the victim. And then after a while we'll get tired because we'll realize it doesn't work. So then we said, all right, I'm going to do it. It's up to me. So then all of a sudden now it's 100% based on us and we just start plowing through life. Then we plow ourselves right down into the ditch, right? You go, okay, that doesn't work either. What do I do now? Well, usually when we hit those walls, don't we throw our hands up and say, all right, I give up. Fortunate or unfortunate, I don't know. But it is often not until we come to those places of where we're finally willing to give up. Do we finally discover this greater vulnerability where we truly open now and say, okay, Lord, thy will be done. But also, what can I do to allow thy will to be done? And what is thy will anyway? What the hell is thy will? Because often we think it is a physical Unfoldment. And so, guess what? We keep looking for the physical expression. And we keep having good things and bad things. And we go, God, I thought I was doing your will because everything was going great, and all of a sudden everything's bad or terrible again. What happened? I know, we hit another wall. So we give up again. We cry our eyes out. We let go. We change our lives. Get new friends. Let go of old. We go through all these physical things until we finally come upon that day when we realize, oh my God, maybe God's will had nothing to do with the physical experience. Maybe God's will is just that spirit of loving. That spirit of loving. Maybe, is it possible that just loving is God's will. That it doesn't even matter what the physical circumstances or situations are, or even my own emotional or mental states, what's going on there, good or bad. That is God's will, just loving. And all I have to do is live the loving in order to live God's will and let it unfold. I know for me, that's what it is. It also took me about 18 years to discover that. So you get to have your journey and discover for yourself. Because I found that will, that way, that loving, in every single circumstance, and often even in the most negative situations, is where I've seen the most profound effects of that spirit. Because it is often those challenging situations that will stretch us so far that it will finally break us free. And as we break free or break through, often it's called, or break up or break down, something's breaking. But eventually in the breaking is a letting go in the Freedom. And in that we begin to see in a whole new way, begin to discover the greater truth or the, what's in that core. Find this, look, discover, ask, seek, knock. It's up to you to do your part. The funny thing is, as you do your part, you'll also discover that God has always been with you. And has never left. We just simply have forgotten. We're just on this journey to once again remember and know that truth of what always has been and what always will be. That's the journey. That's all the journey is. All of life experience is eventually going to bring us to that greater remembering. And knowing that greater truth, so let go, let God. you have the letting go to do. Part of the letting go is the learning through your experience. And then as you do, through your state of vulnerability, having let go, now you're open to let God in and let God do God's part, so you can once again reunite into that greater place of truth, of divinity of knowing of your oneness and your loving from that state from which you've come. We often say, wake up, or remember. And in that, you once again live the loving. And then you begin to realize that's all you need to do is just keep living that loving. Keep coming back to the loving. Every time you allow your focus to become distracted from that, all you do is refocus. But we often are so traumatized by everything in life that we don't think we can refocus. We're so caught up in the trauma I can't meditate. I just can't seem to get my focus there. I just I can't do the loving. I'm. This is dragging me down. I, I I'm too reactive. I'm too. That's what life does. That's how it keeps us attached, focused down and out. So we don't let go. So what am I saying? It takes some effort. To really not only draw our attention inwards and upwards to the focus on the divine but it takes an effort time after time after time and maybe not even just during that one time of the day we meditate but maybe throughout the day we have to keep coming back to the place over and over and over because maybe it takes a repeated effort to finally rise above the reactions the attachments They call it a stairway to heaven for a reason, or Jacob's Ladder, because there's all these steps that we take to step through all these levels of consciousness. That's why they call it a spiritual pathway as well. There's all these steps to take that we walk to get to the destination and through all the experiences that are on that journey. you know the funny thing in all this? It doesn't matter what I'm saying now. Because guess what? Give yourself enough time, you're going to discover this all on your own. But maybe it'd be nice to be able to do it in one lifetime, right? Is that a lifetime after lifetime after lifetime? Wouldn't it be nice to do it in one lifetime? Well, that's really all we're offering here is that opportunity to just Get it done in one life instead of keep doing it over and over.